Welcome to the Hashtag Call to Scene podcast, the show focused on the strategic disruption of the status quo in technical organizations, communities, and events. Goodness is white people, you're gonna have a hard time with this today. But it's gonna be okay. My job is to make you very uncomfortable. Today, we're gonna be talking about whiteness in marginalized spaces, the coalition building arms. I am Kim Crane, my pronouns are she and her. Um, please like, tweet, um, and you find me at hashtag policy. Who am I? I am not an inclusion and diversity specialist. I am a business strategist. But we can't seem to get behind or around or through, over, under inclusion and diversity. So that's what I've been spending my freaking time on because no one is doing it. Hashtag Compacy is a strategic disruption of the status quo in technical organizations, communities, and events. It's strategic because you burn out if it's not. Um, uh, I have hashtag policy podcast, and I have hashtag policy conference. And so we're just going to get right into it. Let's define terms. I am an educator by training. I have a master's degree in training and development. I was a high school teacher, and I'm certified special needs. So I understand that people get there at different places at different times. We all got to get somewhere. So I'm going to take us slowly through this uh, because I don't like it when I'm in my top 15 minutes and people are looking strange because they don't understand the terms I'm using. I also do this for my own emotional well-being, my own emotional labor. If I define the terms, I'm not going to argue back and forth with you what these words mean. You either engage with me based on my definitions or we don't engage. So that both, uh, that's how I Keep my sanity. So let's talk about privilege. You have a hard time with this word privilege. It is just simply about access. That's it. Access. And the, the, in the individuals who get to use the access. When you have access to privilege, you get a choice whether you want to um, use that access or not. So I use this picture. How many restaurants have you seen these pictures on National Geographic of the, the snow monkeys here? Okay, they look really innocent, but that's not the real story. The access here is that this is a matriarchal family. And only this family gets to get in the warm springs. And all the other mothers are sitting around freezing their butts off like, please, please let me in. It's cold out here. And so this also goes to Tatiana's next um, talk yesterday, which talks about that we are not aware of our own privilege. The, uh, the babies aren't aware of their own privilege. They don't understand that I'm in this water, staying warm, and these other monkeys are not. All right? So it's about access. Underrepresented is just simply about numbers. I have three apples. I have 12 bananas. The apples are underrepresented. That's it. Nothing to be, you know, 
upset about. Going to a relationship is about treatment of groups of people, not individuals. It manifests in individuals, but it, but it starts as manifestations of groups of people. So, white, hetero, cis, able bodied women may be underrepresented, but they are not marginalized, and these women are not diversity. So you find a bunch of able-bodied white cis women that doesn't make you diverse, because you're all white. Variety. It's just about diversity, it's just about variety. So I use this example. We're all in the United States. Um, if my mom had given me the Crayola box of just four crayons, that was, I'm not that artistic that uh, I could really create something with just four colors. It would have been a, a mess. She gave me a box of crayons with 64. Woo, it would have been a colorful mess. It would have had, I would have been able to combine colors, make colors up. That's what diversity is. Diversity, when we're talking about business, is about how you recruit. Inclusion is about my experience. And inclusion is about retention. I know a lot of people use uh, you know, certain similar analogies. Diversity is about being invited to the party and inclusion is about being asked to dance. It's not just asked to dance, it's about retention. Do I want to stay after I dance? So when people are like, oh, we keep hurting these people, they keep leaving because your culture sucks and they're getting out there. So just because you brought them in, you didn't do anything to ensure that they are having an inclusive experience. And caveat, you don't get to tell me if I feel included. This is my experience. And so when you, when people don't feel safe enough to tell you that they don't feel included, you assume everybody's included. But they've learned, if I open my mouth, there are repercussions. So I'm just gonna sit over in this corner and I'm not gonna say anything. But then, why did you hire me? This is not, a, this is a knowledge economy. We're not making witches anymore. So if you hire me and I'm not providing my knowledge, you're wasting your money. You need to be, our businesses, our communities, our events need to stop trying to be, a, a, think about assimilation, which is white culture by default, and needs to focus on accommodation. When you bring in new people, you should expect the culture to change. Inclusion, inclusion is not about equality, it's no way to heal. I'm going to ever be equal to a white, cis, hetero, able-bodied man. We don't start at the same place. I can do the same things and will never have the same results. I need this person to go into a uh, medically-induced coma for a few years. When he gets up, he crawls. Because as soon as he gets up, his body's gonna look, oh, you've been in another clean this cover. Let me catch up on all the things you missed. So no matter how much time and work I've done, it doesn't matter. Inclusion is definitely not about quotas. I have two black people. I have a transgender woman who is on the autism spectrum, who's, yeah, it's not trying to get all these things in one basket. It's not about quotas. It is only about my experience. So let's talk about racism. Because this is where I get pushed back from my people. 
I don't use the dictionary definition of racism because that is white supremacist definition that does not include people's lived experience. It assumes that we're all having the same experience. And I can tell you, if you are at awoke at any point in the news cycle or anything, you can see that my black butt does not have the same experience as you are. So to have that assumption is based on white supremacy. So racism is racial prejudice plus social and institutional power. It has to plus, it has to be both. Can't just be prejudiced. You have to benefit from the system. Racism is a system that advantages based on race. Racism is a system of oppression based on race. So I'm breaking this down for you. Because what I don't want is some white person, I'm going to be honest with you, come up to me after this talk and want to extract more ammunition from labor because you look at your feelings over My body, my definition is all white people are racist by design because that's what white supremacy is allowed you to be. You're ignorant to your own history and you can't be trusted by default. If you want me to trust you, you need to tell me on a spectrum of, of racism, are you actively white supremacist or actively anti-racist? If you're not actively anti-racist, there's nothing I can do for you because at some point you will harm me, intentionally or otherwise. White supremacy, racism equals the white supremacy system. So, racism, racism is different from racial prejudice, hatred, or discrimination. Yes, black people can hate white people. I don't. But that does not make them racist. There is no such thing as reverse racism. Racism uh, involves one group having the power to carry out systematic discrimination through the institutional policies and practices of a society and by shaping the cultural beliefs and values that support those uh, racist policies. So like, uh, because white people think that we're all having the same experience, if I have the same, or what you think I have the same resources, and I don't get as far or as successful as you are, you put it, you put it on me. Oh, it's a failure to you. You know, we had the, the crack babies, the, the welfare moms. You know, you put it on them. You don't talk about the system that created that. All you white people who are excited, who get all upset all of a sudden about abortion rights, this is to make sure you don't have abortions. Because if they cared about black and brown babies, our mothers would be dying in birth, childbirth. They want to monitor and manage your womb. They don't care about that. So when you say stuff like, oh, don't you believe that? Uh, why are we Because that's not my issue. I want to come home every day. That, that's paramount for me. White supremacy is an ideology. Racism is a strategy that promotes the ideology of white supremacy. Racists are those individuals who benefit from the ideology of white supremacy regardless of active, willing, or active or willingly or passive or unwilling participation. You don't have a say. You benefit from it whether you want to or not. So you can scream ally, you can do whatever you want to, you still benefit from it and we're not on the same page. So when whiteness is centered, it causes an unimaginable emotional labor. I, I really wish some of you would understand how 
much energy it takes for a black woman to write, construct an email to y'all. Because y'all too damn sensitive for me. So we write the email, and then we go back, and we start looking at each word. We can't just send an email, because if we just send an email, we're going to be reported to HR. Somebody's going to start crying. Um, all this nonsense. And if I had to hit you while you crying, I don't get it. You're an adult, manage your own emotions, get counseling, do whatever you need to do. That ain't my business. But we spend an inordinate amount of time in emotional labor doing the work that you, and people say, Google is your friend? Come at me on Twitter for a question I've already asked. You will get your feelings hurt. And don't go into my DMs from a public conversation, because now you're trying to extract more emotional labor from me. I don't owe you a thing. If we started this conversation out in public, we about to finish this conversation out in public. I don't care if you look like an ass or not. I'm not here to make you comfortable. Well, whiteness is centered. It demands to be engaged as an individual and a whole. That's why you get all lives matter. That's why you get all kinds of stuff. And this is where it's a difference when I say, remember when I said marginalization? It's about groups of people. You will walk all Native Americans, all blacks, all Latinos together. But white people, because it's the fault, the default. You're an individual. We can't talk about whiteness. When we say something about whiteness, y'all like, Dang. but you can talk about blackness all doggone day. And let me say this right here. If there's a whiteness, the counter to that is anti-blackness, which has permeated the entire world. The closer you look to whiteness, the more benefits you have. But sin, when whiteness is centered, it, God, it just does just enough. It's just, it, it's, and, and this is gaslighting. Because something will happen, and, 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 and we'll get, well, I'm on your side. No, you don't get to say who's on my side. What you just did demonstrates to me that you're not on my side. I don't believe in words. I mean, I believe in demonstrated behavior. And if you want to prove to me that you're working to be an anti-racist, I need consistent demonstrated behavior. And even in this, I have some, I can tell you, I have five, there are five white people that I trust. That's just, I'm gonna tell you, five white people that I trust. And they still have done things that harm me because they do not have the perspective to know when they're harming I did a tweet when I came from Berlin that says, I need you to understand that for white people to learn a lesson, we have to be hard because you don't get it until you see us in pain. We don't, you don't believe our lived experience. We have to be a pain for you to say, oh, crap, this is real. That's pretty shit. When whiteness is centered, it stays in the shallow end. Lord have mercy. Yeah, it goes up to that line. Starting to be new how to cover Dutch. It's starting to be like, no, nah, I'm good. No, that's again privilege. You have you have a choice. I don't have a choice. I don't do this work for funsies. I do this work for me first of all, because I want a career that pays well like everybody else. But I recognize that I am a symbol. I don't speak for black women, but I speak on behalf of black women. 
Because if they said what I say, you will fire them. You wouldn't allow them in your crappy boots. But whiteness is centered in Pat. Oh Lord, if I hear one more white tech guy with a, you know, a huge following, pat themselves on the back because they passed on a speaking engagement to somebody of color or a woman, I'm gonna go through Twitter and stop them. Mm. What did you lose? What did you risk? Nothing. If you're not willing to risk anything, you're not doing the work. I recognize that I have privilege over trans black women. If I, I am consciously thinking about ways so I can protect trans black women who are being slaughtered currently. We all have privilege. Well, why is this center? It always is talking about, you know, oh, I'm an ally. You don't get to, I, I don't know why y'all make that word mean something. <laughs> it means absolutely nothing. You don't get to, that's the height of whiteness, because you get to define, you've been able to define, you've been able to tell your, my story incorrectly for eons. And so when I now have a, I have a, because technology has allowed me to have a platform and equipment to say, oh, hold on, hold on, that's not right. But I'm your ally. Me, 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 me. And white women, you're the worst. White women's tears are like knives. I need you to understand that. The next time you have an encounter with a woman of color, particularly a black woman, and you think about crying, I need you to suck it up. Because what you do is you put yourself in the victim role, and now whatever the issue is, it becomes a black woman's problem. We are adults, learn to deal with your emotions. They're not my issue. Well, whiteness is centered, it is, it is um, in the way, period. And we're going to talk about that right now. The guiding principles of hashtag policy are Lack of, uh, lack of inclusion is a risk management issue, period. And we're seeing it. Years of move fast, break things is coming back to harness. Facebook can say that that's no longer their, um, their approach, but it's been so adopted into this culture that it's a problem. We have to learn how to prioritize the most vulnerable in our communities because when the most vulnerable are protected, everybody else is. So I'm not going to focus on whiteness. I'm going to find the most vulnerable person in my community to make sure and focus all my attention on them to ensure that they feel safe, included, protected. Because if they do, then everybody is. Intention without strategy is chaos. I see this all the time. It goes to that whole why so many people don't understand the um, impact over intention. If you care less about your intention, because usually you don't have a strategy which causes a harmful impact. Tech is not neutral. We need to stop promoting that. Tech has also never been apolitical. Everyone in the hashtag called the scene community shares the same common beliefs based on a set of four specific guiding principles. One, Tech is not neutral, nor is it apolitical. Two, intention without strategy is chaos. Three, lack of inclusion is a risk and increasingly a crisis management issue. And lastly, but most importantly, four, 
we must prioritize the most vulnerable. To find out more about the guiding principles and adding them to your Twitter profile banner, please visit hashtagcausescene.com. So lack of inclusion is a risk management issue. So this was a great idea when I was in Berlin. Um, I went to Berlin to speak at, um, I did speak at uh, Jazz Company U. I did my conference at Jazz Company U. But I had been thinking about not doing my conferences anymore because it just take up too much emotional labor. Um, because my conferences are very small. Only people who get to speak on my stage are people from marginalized groups. There will never be a cis or white man on my stage because I don't, I've heard your story. There's nothing I can tell me at all in here. Um, and out of the six or seven conferences I've, I've done, I can say 70% have been, my speakers have been non-binary or trans individuals. That says something about how I'm able to create a safe space for people. And I've done them all over the world. So I was not going to, I was like, this is going to be my last one, but something happened in Berlin, which made me realize, crap, I was not intending to spend this emotional energy, but I'm the only person in this space who has the ability to do that. And what it was was jazz company, one of the most, um, the largest and most successful jazz conferences did a black pocket space, or a space specifically for indigenous, uh, blacks, indigenous people of color in tech space. I knew it would be hell. I didn't know it was gonna be that bad. I did not know that there were going to be white people standing outside in this space, demanding to be in one space that was not even the size of the stage of a whole warehouse. The fact that whiteness could not get into this space was a problem. So this individual responded to me. And, uh, and I was like, yeah, you need to think about it. Because people, you guys always want to go do something. Without our help, without our input. Because again, whiteness thinks it knows everything. And this is what I said it was very important and critical to understand. This is a very important and critical understanding to develop. Creating safe spaces for marginalized individuals requires more than attention, it requires making sure that uh, to have processes available for helping those individuals process that inevitable trauma. Because even in that space, with all these black and brown beautiful people, we were, for the first time, was able to breathe and have these conversations we can't have anywhere else. But that was a problem. So, trans, white trans women, I'm having a lot of issues with white trans women coming into brown and black spaces. When you prioritize your whiteness, your transness is ignored. You cannot come into a space of, of, of women who do have wounds and tell them they can't talk about that. You can't do that. Particularly brown and black spaces, they created them themselves because they didn't have a safe space and they welcomed you in. I've had several incidents of this. Um, I just talked about the black pocket space. Girl development. Okay, if any of you are members of girl development, you're complicit in the harm of black women. I've had five number six episodes of this on my podcast. If you don't get it by now, then you're complicit. White passing Jews. I'm going to tell you, as a black woman, you're just white. I'm not going to go to you and ask you what your, what your ethnicity or, or nationality, all that stuff is. You're white. And you're causing harm to black and brown Jews. When, I, when someone in an oppressed group talks about 
uh, Israel's policies against the Palestinians. We are not anti-Semitic. Also, let me make sure I say this, we're not um, terse if black and brown women refuse to be told that they can't talk about their wounds. We have to stop using the most harmful terms against other marginalized individuals. Whisper networks, I'm so sick of them because only people who benefit are the people who are in the whisper networks and everybody else is getting harmed. And private slap with the same thing. If you don't have a whisper network and a network cannot tell, talk about a person and I can do it on a podcast, what good is your network? We must prioritize the most vulnerable. So I came up with what I call rules of engagement. Um, particularly after uh, an incident that I, I knew was gonna be I knew was gonna be bad, but I didn't figure, couldn't figure out how to wait to get it started. It was about trans women and black and brown lesbian women. So after that happened, I made amends, I apologized, but I was like, I need to figure out a strategy to move forward. We do not question humanity or right to exist. That's not a start. Period. That's community-wide. Warning is, we can talk about lived experience as long as I don't have to, you're not trying to make prove it against you. This is where the learning starts. And ideology, we can debate that all day. But that's on the individual level. And you have to understand that it's um, dialogue is focused on amplifying understanding the child and challenging white supremacy and, and, and um, discrimination. Intention without strategy is chaos. I, strategy basic, a code of conduct. And I just still don't get why some people fight back on code of conduct. Why don't I need that? We can be nice. Who defines nice? Who defines fair? People in power get to define those terms. And those are the people who cause the harm. So no, we're not going to go make that the default. When something happens, have an exit, have a way to execute your code of conduct and a way to enforce your code of conduct. And inevitably, something's going to happen. Let me tell you people, we're all going to make mistakes. We're trying to create a, a, uh, an experience that was never meant to exist in the United States. If some people, if the Constitution had its way, I would be a slave. We are trying to create something together that never existed. We will make mistakes. Apologize and make amends. Just say, I am sorry, what can I do? I won't do this again, what can I do? No one wants to hear why you did it. I don't care. Because now you're centering yourself. Tech is not neutral. So this is where I talk about words that you should not use to describe women of color, particularly black women. We are not aggressive. We are assertive. We've had to be. We would be destroyed if, it was, if we weren't as assertive as we are. And this is why I say black women are the moral compass of this country. If, if you think things are bad now, think about if we have been voting and marching and doing the things that we've done in the past. We're not intimidated. We're sure confident. We're not being defensive. We're committed. We're not emotional. We're passionate. And if you call me angry, be prepared to get cussed out. Because I am determined. Why do I have to be angry when I'm determined? And I'm not overreacting. People, people on Twitter think it's so funny. They think, I'm, oh, she's so mad. I am soaking in the tub when I'm going after these people. Chilling. 
I've thought of my strategy, like, okay, is this something that 6,000 people who follow me can learn something from? Oh, if not, no, I'm not going to engage. I'm not going to engage with white supremacists and uh, Nazis. No, I'm not. But if it's somebody in tech who says I'm stupid, oh, we're about to do this. And I don't I really respond to them. What I normally do is quote, uh, retweet, uh, comment, retweet. That pisses them off because I won't respond to them at all. And of course, white people deserve a response, right? And at some point, with enough pressure and enough time, the racist comes right on out. And I'm like, thank you. I'm done. And I don't talk to them anymore. I don't block them. I don't mute them. But they're like, eh. And I'm just like, out of my tongue at this point. I'm good. So I'm justified. So how am I doing this? Because I am an educator. I believe in modeling behavior. I am the chair, um, board chair of We Pivot. It is an organization where we are focusing on the marginalized individuals. We, every organization, every chapter, we're doing needs assessments right now because every chapter is going to have a different need. We don't believe that everybody, because I know in Atlanta, we don't need any more classes. We need support. So this is the organization we're building. Hey, will we make mistakes? Yes, we will, but this is a direct response to the GDI awful that happened. What else can we do to help? You can become a community sponsor of Hashtag Call Because you know what? I don't do this for free. Many of you sit on your, oh, I have many of you who follow me, never engage with me, but never give anything back. You tell me how great the podcast is, how great the community is, stop living on the backs of black women. I'm not your man. When you have a problem, you want to come to us to help you. I need to be paid, just like you need to be paid. And I also started with courtesy, because I'm tired of people being harmed and no one's able to talk about it. I still have not figured out this model. I need people to help me figure out this model. So I need attorneys. I need employment experts. I need people to be able to come, to, to be able to come out and say, this organization, this person, this thing, did something has caused me harm. Because until we can clean that up, tech is in trouble. Because we're coding these things into our products and services. Thank you. Hashtag called the scene. I only and I also have a, a, I created a um, email 
I mean, yeah, yeah, you know. So go ahead, say, let me go back and say, I'm going to record a scene. Well, okay. Yeah, no, I took a picture of it. Go record a scene, and you'll see the email and everything there. And respond, I just need to build this network. Because I've had people come to me constantly. And I don't like being able to say, I have nothing. I don't know what to do. I've reached out to the tech union people. They won't respond to me. Everybody else, no one responds to me. So my network is obviously not doing it. I need some white folks to do this stuff. Yeah. And um, yeah, that's what, I, that's what I need. So employment situation. Employment, discrimination, sexual harassment. Something that we can, because what these companies are doing are telling people, I won't give you your final check unless you sign this thing. That's happening way too often. I'm seeing it in boot camps. I'm seeing it in all kinds of things. And until we protect the most vulnerable, the most privileged will continue to harm us. So again, they bring us in, they harm us, and we leave. Liz has a question. So she might have a response to that. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to share a story which is. I think um, some reason the microphone's not working. There we go. Uh, I want to share a story. The story is um, I've even thinking through the legal process of this right now as I'm speaking. Um, a Google executive named Richard Duvall raped me about five years ago, um, and I did not report it. The reason I did not publicly report it was because I was afraid he was going to come after me for libel. I was afraid that he was going to turn the tables on me and sue me. Yes. Right? I think that, that is a huge risk involved with publicly speaking out. Right? There's a risk of being sued. There's a risk of having your own career torn apart because people think of you as a victim rather than someone who's doing the work. And I think furthermore that it was clear that Google was not going to do anything for me. Like they were going to protect him because he was the co-inventor of Project Blue, right? And I think that that's kind of a force that works against us being able to, as transformers of color, disclose when things are happening to us except for privately. Um, you know, the one thing that I can say that I'm doing that I would appreciate program assistance with is I'm working to start a strike and legal assistance fund for Google workers, at least, who are Google workers and contractors who are uh, retaliating against or who have labor concerns and who are afraid of taking action, right? So that's the kind of thing where we all need to create these networks in, yes. in order to succeed at exposing some of the stuff that's happening. And that's the issue. The power structure is a system. So it's not, even though she was raped by an individual, he benefits from a system that allows him to get away with it. We, we are numbers. We outnumber them and freak. We're smarter than they are. Come on. We have more to lose. We have, we, it, mm, this is my thing when, when they talk about Trump being reelected. Black people always have problems. We are, we gonna be, it's gonna, the S gonna fall out of the hill anyway. So, I mean, if he was elected, I would not be upset because I need white people to be more <laughs> It has not impacted your lives hard enough. Many of you didn't even know there was a race problem until you won in uh, 2016. I have a problem with that. So, if he is reelected, it's because you are still asking, so what? So, what's going on? Okay, let me explain something to you. Black people don't do well in hard pictures. Because when one Negro runs, everybody runs. We don't stop to ask what's going on. We stop at the end. Y'all want 
analogy that I'm so explained, but um, so why are we running? Oh, he has a knife, but we can talk to him. This is free speech. Yes, come on, let's kumbaya. No. When people are harmed, people need to bleed to protect themselves. We worry about all the other stuff later. So what I'm asking this group of beautiful women to do is help me create a system that that fights against that. We don't need any more women being raped. We don't need any more women losing their jobs because they spoke up. And if I can't get help from a group of women, then I'm gonna be honest, what good are you doing? I've been doing this on my own. So I get people all the time talking about, oh, again, I love you, I love you. What have you done to support me? My mortgage needs to be paid. My emotional labor now, I don't work on Fridays anymore because I need more time to recoup after the week. Have you really gone into my DMs and said, hey, Kim, I see this, I've, I've noticed this need, may be able to help you. Have you done, I mean, I want you honestly to reflect on your life to tell me how many of you who follow me have done anything for me? Um, I just wanted to make a quick note that our community is people from all marginalized genders. So women, non-binary, trans men, just wanna make that note. Thanks. Yep, I apologize for that. Thank you. Um, oh, hey, thanks. Um, thank you for- Hold on, wait a minute. I wanna apologize for that right here. I want to apologize for those who watch me on Twitter that I just um, refer to this group as women only. It is women, non-binary, trans, and All right, go ahead. That's how you make it, that's how you do it. So, um, thank you for doing this presentation. Of course, I'm sitting here going, yeah, got it, because I understand. Um, I worked as long, I've been there about 17 months, and I need our black ERG, black employees and mentors as long. And one of the things that we started in February, we have, um, I call them tough talks, we kind of softened it, and call them table talks. Exactly. And one of my, I said tough talks, but. I'm going to stop you right there, I'm going to stop you right there, because I want you to understand what she said. We called switch, so I was going to ask exactly. you, can you tell them, because a lot of them don't understand what code switching is, so can you explain code switching and why you typically have to. All right, so I, I just did a video um, called, um, I do, I go live often, but if you follow my Twitter, or go to my trans, um, Periscope, you see I did a video called The White Gaze is the Swamp. And what it is, is, um, it's, it reminded me because I just saw Toni Morrison's movie, uh, documentary, and she said she did not write for the white gaze, she wrote for black readers. If you didn't understand that story, you either need to Google it or figure it out. Because she did. So when most black writers write for a wider audience, they do a whole bunch of explaining stuff up front because they don't want to leave y'all out. She didn't care about leaving y'all out, and neither why. So the white case is the same thing as uh, it's code switching. It is when it's when we redo that email. It's when we're um, we're. I had an incident yesterday. I'm just gonna be honest. There were black women at the table. A white woman was there. And she's making a comment. She didn't mean any harm, but we were in our again in our blackness. 
and you gotta and I know I'm gonna say whatever I wanna say, but I will not want to be mindful of the other black people there because I don't want to put them in a situation where they have to go back because Kim won't be Kim. That's a lot of energy. Code switching is when we come to white spaces, the default is whiteness. So when you talk about our hair, talk about what we wear, talk about how we talk, all that to fit in a white space. So then it's all designed to make white people comfortable. I no longer care about your comfort. Actually, I want you to be as uncomfortable as possible. And I'm going to do very strategic things to make you as uncomfortable as possible. Because until you're uncomfortable, and because you have the privilege, nothing changes. And this is why I'm going to speak directly to my Twitter people, particularly the white man in tech. I've had several white men in tech tell me, oh, I did this thing, and I thought I'd get my hand slapped, and nothing happened. You could be doing more! They could be doing a whole lot more. Every time they think they're going to lose it, they, I have not heard one white guy who's doing this work. They are surprised, literally. This is what makes them again when I say, we have to be hard for you guys to get it. They literally will do something or say something or take up with somebody and get no blowback. And like, well, damn. So I don't care about you giving me, passing out your doggone unwanted speaking engagements. Do something that makes you, what are you risking? Nothing usually. Do more. It is exhausting to be in your business for eight hours, cold switching. Do I think about? Do you understand how much work, how much productivity, how innovative I could be, or they could be, if they didn't have to think about why people think they feel this all the time? You hired me because of my experience, my lived experience. But I can't tell you my lived experience because when I do, you get disturbed by me. Your feelings are hurt. She was so aggressive. It's a huge problem. I don't want to be, I don't want to act like a people. That does me absolutely no good. I've only created, you would not know who I was if I didn't decide that I was going to tell Tech my value when I decided I didn't want to be a developer. We need more space for people to decide for themselves what their value is and tell you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Hashtag Cause Scene podcast. And I'd like to thank all our current sponsors of the podcast and the Hashtag Cause Scene movement. Of course, we strongly encourage everyone to become an individual sponsor of the Hashtag Cause Scene community. Just visit the website at HashtagCauseScene.com to sign up today. On behalf of everyone here at Hashtag Cause Scene, we'd like to thank you again for listening to today's show and have a wonderful day.